two weeks into this year's hurricane season, and FEMA says it's ready for whatever is coming. The agency evaluated its own readiness and workforce capabilities after that historic 2017 season and says it's making plans to be better prepared now in the future. But the Government Accountability Office says it would be silly to assume that 2017 was a one-time event, and it's especially concerned FEMA doesn't have the right skills and staff to handle future disasters. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco has the latest. It's been almost two years, and FEMA is looking back on its response to a historic hurricane and natural disaster season. And it's come to a tough realization. It was understaffed, undertrained, and ill-prepared to handle a major disaster like Hurricane Harvey. Add in the others, and disaster response and recovery just became overwhelming. It's why the House Homeland Security Committee brought in FEMA to ask, is the agency better prepared than it was back in 2017 to handle this coming hurricane season. FEMA reviewed its operational capabilities after 2017, and it found that it didn't have the right people with the right skills in place to handle several major hurricanes and severe wildfires in California. Supplies were short, and FEMA didn't have the right processes in place to deliver more supplies more quickly to remote places like Puerto Rico. Staffing was the biggest concern at the time. Those 2017 disasters put an unprecedented strain on the FEMA workforce. Over half of FEMA's specialized response and recovery groups were staffed at 25% or lower for over a month. Peter Gaynor is the acting FEMA administrator. Here he is with Congressman Benny Thompson. Thompson is the chairman of the House Homeland Security Committee. We're ready every day of the year. We believe uh, we need not only be ready for hurricane season, but we're ready every day uh, for what we like to call earthquake season. Earthquakes can happen every day to include a whole host of Uh, all hazards that uh, we're prepared for. So you are fully staffed at this point today? Uh, When it comes to the incident uh, workforce? No, no, no. Full-time female employee. Have you, are you fully staffed? For full-time employees? Yes. Yes, sir. What about the the part-time? So the the, uh, incident workforce, we've uh, improved uh, staffing of that 20% since uh, since 2017. Uh, We continue to make improvements uh, it, it has been a struggle uh, for FEMA to make sure that we have enough disaster responders in reserve or... So how short are you? Excuse me, sir? How short are you? Uh, we're that, probably uh, short uh, a few thousand uh, employees when it comes to a reserve. But Gaynor says FEMA does have a plan in place to address some of these challenges. So we just concluded a uh, coordinated workforce review to look at where we recruit reservists in this case... Uh, how we onboard them, how we train them. This past uh, spring, we trained 1,000 new reservists uh, to be ready for hurricane season. It's a continuing improvement process. We know it's one of our uh, struggles, uh, but we have a plan to to get there. One of the the issues has been how we qualify these new employees, and we're trying to streamline that whole process so uh, it makes more sense for us. We can onboard quicker. Uh, and employees uh, can get to the field faster. Gaynor didn't get much more specific than that. It was eventually revealed that FEMA lacks about 2,000 temporary incident response employees, even if the agency has, in fact, hired more since 2017. Jeff Bayard is the president's nominee to be the new permanent FEMA administrator. He told the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee about his priorities at his nomination hearing yesterday. Top priority would be to address the needs of our disaster workforce. We have to continue to build our workforce predominantly on the recovery end of that to just sustain the the historic 
past two seasons and the recovery we have. We have 61,000 project worksheets in the works now, individual project worksheets. That's a tremendous workload. And in doing so, uh, I would like to uh, see the agency and, and would, uh, if confirmed, uh, ensure that we do more to recruit, retain, and promote uh, those uh, areas of, of, of underrepresented populations within emergency management. Uh, I think that you have to have a diverse workforce. You have to, the agency has to be a representative of the community uh, in which we serve, and I would, uh, that would be my priority. But House members asked over and over, and in multiple ways, whether FEMA was better off now than it was before. Gaynor says FEMA won't run into the same problems it experienced back in 2017. The Government Accountability Office says, though, it can't be so sure. After all, FEMA has 272 open disasters, the date back as far as the year 2000. Chris Curry is director of GAO's Homeland Security and Justice Team, and he says FEMA's success often depends on where the disaster is. In Texas and Florida and California, what we saw was that years of preparedness and relationship building really helped to address some of the massive challenges we saw in Hurricane Harvey, Irma, and the California wildfires. It helped us to quickly evacuate people in California. It helped us to restore power to 6 million people quickly in Florida. helped us to evacuate hundreds of flood survivors in South Texas, too. And that's the good news, not that there weren't major challenges. In Hurricane Maria, um, although FEMA provided historic levels of support, um, what we saw is that everybody was overwhelmed in that case, both Puerto Rico and FEMA. FEMA last year announced a new overall disaster response strategy. It's part of a multi-year strategic plan to better prepare state and local communities for the unknown, so that eventually they'll rely less on federal resources, staff, and supplies. But Curry says state and local areas are having a tough time with that message. Since 9-11, with all that investment funding, what we would expect over time is that we've addressed our capability gaps and built in enough resilience to where the, the local governments can handle more and more over time. But what we're seeing is the opposite. We're seeing additional expectation of federal assistance over time. FEMA has spent almost half a trillion dollars on disaster relief since 2005. And there's no sign that number is going down. Here's Curry. The challenges we face as a country and the risks we face aren't going to make those challenges get any easier for the agency. Uh, The 2017 disasters were a historic year in terms of cost and damage and impact on our citizens. But I think it'd be a big mistake to look at that as a one-time event. Um, Whether it's 500-year floods, uh, tornadoes like we've never seen before, and huge wildfires, these events are happening every year. Besides helping state and local communities better prepare themselves for future disasters, FEMA understands it's not easy for a person or a family to recover from a major disaster like Hurricane RV or Irma. Disaster survivors end up working with multiple federal agencies, besides FEMA, to get assistance and make repairs. And sometimes as many as a dozen different people may travel to evaluate the damage on a person's home. And that's confusing. FEMA wants to make it less so. Here's Bayard. Part of that complexity is the multiple programs, not just within FEMA, that are available for assistance. Uh, All the programs are are intended to do good. Uh, I'm a believer of that. You're a believer of that. But, you know, when you're sitting on the other end of that disaster, you you need clear, concise avenues of approach. So I I would definitely commit to uh, working to to streamline those and, and to make those understandable and digestible. Another priority is simply finding better ways for multiple federal agencies to communicate and share resources, disaster funding included. Here's Gaynor. There are 19 federal departments that have disaster programs, about 95 different programs among, I think it's 16 uh, federal departments. So we have a lot of work to do to make sure we, we blend that together. 
We're trying to do this in Puerto Rico with our outcome-driven recovery where we're just not using FEMA money to solve a problem. We're using all of federal government money to solve a problem together. Uh, in some cases, uh, you only can use, again, based on statutes and, and, uh, and law, you only can use that money for certain things. But in our outcome-driven recovery, we're trying to come blend that all together to get a better result uh, for the American taxpayer and get a better result for uh, the residents of Puerto Rico. What didn't come up at that House hearing were the feel-good IG reports that improperly characterized any progress that's been going on at FEMA and the financial status of the National Flood Insurance Program. FEMA also recently announced it would make more data about the flood insurance program public. Nicola Grisco, Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Check out Nicole's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.